0: I firmly believe a strong business has a strong network and this podcast is designed to break that invisible wall between listener and speaker. Every guest of this podcast is waiting for your connection, coffee chat, or discovery call. So listen in and continue the conversation. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Welcome to discovery call podcast. I'm Danny Hamlet, your host. And today we're talking about contracts. And before you skip this and think, Oh, I'm set. I'm good. I wouldn't say I consider myself completely like knowledgeable about everything with contracts, but I learned a few new things interviewing Nicole. So I think that no matter where you are on the pendulum, you're gonna learn something new listening in this Episode. But also, if you're not completely confident about your contracts, there is no shame here, but you have an awesome opportunity to get a few things buttoned up by the fall. Nicole has a sale that she's running all summer long, so this is a fantastic time to use lawyer drafted templates in her template shop. So, all of the information will be found in the show notes, and we'll talk about that in a little more detail. As the episode continues. But I am so excited for you to meet Nicole. So let's get to it. Here's Nicole. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Can you just tell our guests a little bit like who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah. Well, first, thanks for having me. I'm excited to, to be here to chat with you today. So I am a licensed attorney in the state of California. I've been licensed for, oh gosh, going on 12 years now, which is kind of crazy to say. I have my own virtual law firm, and I started that in 2016. And I also have an online business. And so in my virtual law firm, I work with online service providers and digital product creators to make sure they're protecting their business and brands with contracts and federal trademark registration. And in the online business, I work with kind of early stage online business owners to make sure that they're getting written contracts in place and that business provides legal templates for those early stage entrepreneurs that for whatever reason just aren't ready to work with an attorney one on one. It's kind of a, a first step approach to making sure that they're getting things in writing, which is kind of the soapbox that I stand on as an attorney. I'm a big advocate for written contracts.
0: Right. Okay. This is awesome. I love the fact that you kind of have like that stepping stone into that because when you have those first few years or just starting an online business, it can kind of feel really overwhelming. So that is perfect. Okay. And then you talk about trademark as well. So I think we are talking about this earlier when you're writing that custom contracts, you're working with residents in California, but then you also do the trademark. So like just touch on that a little bit before we do a deep dive into everything else.
1: Yeah. So I think a lot of people talk about, I want a trademark. And I think one of the things that I like to educate business owners on is that you actually have a trademark from the moment that you start using that word, phrase, graphic logo, whatever it may be. And you do have some, what are called common law rights. And those rights are limited essentially to the geographical region that you do business in, which makes things sticky for online business owners because We can have clients, you know, in the same state, in other states and other countries. We're in a global economy now. So it makes things a little bit messy. Federal trademark registration is kind of the most protective step that you can take for your business and your brand, because you're locking down additional rights with that federal trademark registration, including the ability to use it anywhere in the U.S. So in all 50 states, you get the benefit of being able to use the R in a circle symbol, Fun fact, you're actually not supposed to use that symbol unless you have federal trademark registration because essentially the government could find that you're committing fraud by saying that you have a registration that you don't.
0: Mm. Um,
1: And there's a host of other benefits that you get. So I'm a big proponent of if you have a business and a brand that you've built that you intend to kind of last as a legacy. So whether that's leaving it to your kids, whether it's growing it into a big, massive corporation, whatever it may be, I think getting those the federal trademark registration for key pieces of your brand in place is one of the smartest investments that you can make.
0: What would that level be do you think when they can really start thinking about that?
1: You know, it's it's really neat. I I find I geek out on law stuff. So, I think it's really neat that with the USPTO you have the option of filing what's called an intent to use application. So, even if you haven't started using the mark in commerce, which is kind of the threshold that you have to meet to be able to move forward with trademark registration, you've got a concept and you're intending to launch sometime within the next six months to a year, you can file an application even if you haven't launched. And so it's kind of one of those things where I have to give kind of that attorney answer of it depends, because if you've done kind of the market research and you've got things, you know, getting manufactured, but maybe you haven't started selling yet or you're trying to still get funds together, you can take the steps to move forward with the registration just to tie it up. I think that the true test is really is it something that you plan to stick with Mm long-term? Like that, that I think is one of the first things that you can consider. You know, I've had clients come to me where they start the registration process and then they, you know, halfway through decide, "Mm, I think we're going to go in a different direction. And so all that time and all that money is wasted. Right. And so I think doing kind of that, that thought work yourself as a business owner, where you see the business growing how intentionally you plan to grow that brand you know is it something that maybe it's like a product or service offering that may or may not be there in a year you probably don't want to pursue registration but if it's something that you're in it for the long haul at least you know from where you see it now mm-hmm. it's definitely something to consider cuz the US is a first to file system so if you've been thinking about something and then you just don't and somebody else files first you know then then we we can have a bit of a battle depending on what your next steps are after that, so.
0: Right, right, yeah. It's the first come, first serve kind of thing. And so I think a lot of my listeners too are kind of, they're definitely the online business owners and they're either you know freelancing, maybe have a smaller business. Most of us understand the importance of a contract or might say, oh, I do have a contract, but maybe it wasn't from necessarily the most reputable source. So could you just break down a little bit Like we understand why contracts are important, but what are some things that you find that we are often missing when it comes to that, that contract that we give to our new clients?
1: Yeah, I think I see this a lot with early stage entrepreneurs, the thought of kind of investing with an attorney to have custom drafted contracts is a little bit scary because it can be a big investment depending on how complex and nuanced your contracts are supposed to be, you know, especially if you're looking into getting like the privacy policy set up for your website, because you have clients that are opting into things from around the world. Data privacy legislation is kind of constantly evolving. And it takes an attorney sitting down and walking through a lot of detailed questions with you and seeing what information you're gathering and what your website's doing. And so the price can add up quickly. So I see a lot of early stage entrepreneurs kind of doing a quick Google search and either just pulling up the first word document that pops up that has a similar title or going to either a competitor's website, or maybe it's a coach that they follow or a coach that they work with and just kind of copying and pasting their contracts. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of issues with that. You know, there's provisions in there that could not apply to you. There's provisions in there that could be harmful to you. You don't, you don't know when you kind of do that copy and paste, And the flip side is that that contract has copyright rights attached to it. So the person that owns that contract owns the copyright rights to the contract. So we've got kind of like intellectual property issues there. We've got contract law issues there. You know, I I had a client come to me one time with a contract that she had kind of pieced together herself with a Google search and her cousin's friend's because her sis- like there was like three <laughs> levels of where this filtered through and the governing law provision had a state that she had nothing to do with she oh. because she just copied and pasted and didn't didn't realize she was in california and this other person was in connecticut so
0: right yeah she's there that is such an interesting position to be into because, you know, you kind of feel like, all right, I I'm set up enough. Like it all looks legit from, you know, my perspective, but if something legal were to hit your business in any capacity, it's kind of like a house of cards, right? It just mm-hmm. kind of crumbles. Especially
1: if you don't have the protections in place before the issue occurs. And this is something that I have clients come to me where they've already had an issue with a client or they're facing a decision about, do I move forward with a lawsuit And if there's not a written contract, there's kind of extra steps because it, oral contracts, at least in California, and you know, every state has their own law. And so that's something that I want to clarify is every state has their own contract law. There are kind of overarching similarities, but there's nuances in every state. And so if you have an oral agreement, it's probably somewhat enforceable, but it's going to come down to that he said, she said argument about is there a meeting of the minds and it's piecing together Facebook threads and recollections from telephone calls. And it just gets very, very messy. And nobody wants to be in that position of, okay, you know, I've had to spend $10,000 plus on attorney's fees. And especially if it's a smaller contract, I mean, if it's $5,000 at issue, you may just decide to walk away because it's going to be more time consuming and cost prohibitive to try and get that money versus Mm -hmm. actually if you had the written contract and maybe you can just go through small claims and it's a more streamlined process right so yeah there's a lot of nuances that come that come into play especially if you haven't taken the steps in advance because you can't put protections in place after the fact so Mm -hmm. yes it can be scary and yes it's an investment but you will be so happy that it's in place when an issue arises with a client because that's the unfortunate side of being a business owner we always like to be so excited as entrepreneurs, we control our calendar. We're doing what makes us happy and what we love and working with clients that we enjoy, but eventually there is going to be an issue. That's just being a business. And Mm -hmm. so being able to address those potential issues ahead of time kind of lets you take a sigh of relief and focus on your zone of genius. And when it happens, it happens.
0: Mm-hmm. I love this conversation so much because it reminds me of when I started my business. I think I was just a few months in and I met together Amber Glush, who's actually on this podcast before. And we were just talking kind of all about the things that you think about when you're talking about your new business, like all the, you know, clients and how to reach new clients and services you can provide and all this stuff. And then she's like, Okay, but do you have this and this in place? And one was a contract, not just like a random one that's kind of put together by your CRM, (laughs) but like a a contract and also a process that, you know, you you collect your invoices and stuff. And she guided me to kind of like what we're going to talk about next. I think the template contracts that were designed by by a lawyer. And I always think back in that conversation and I just so appreciate it because I think that in the midst of just trying to get something started, I would have completely skipped over these parts mm-hmm. and later been like, oh my gosh, what, what have I been doing? So I just love that we're having this conversation now here too. But yeah, you do your online business and I kind of alluded to the fact that there's like that, you know, you talked about this the step up if you're not ready for a Drafted contract. Tell us more about that. Like, how does that work for all the different industries that these could be for?
1: Yeah. So, I have really niched down, and my focus is, as I said, the online service providers and digital product creators. And so, the templates that are in my legal shop at NicoleTrioden.com are literally like templates from contracts that I've custom drafted for clients that are annotized with kind of general information about how to customize them for your business. So I focused on, you know, terms and conditions for your website, terms of use for your digital products or your membership, client agreements. If you're a coach client agreements, if you're a virtual assistant or a website designer or a graphic designer. And so they are industry specific and that's how they're listed in the legal shop on the website. Because for me, that that's my client base. So it is one of those things where if you are a social media manager, you can go by either just like the client agreement by itself, or I've also created bundles where it's kind of like a business in a box type situation where you get the privacy policy and the terms and conditions for your website. You get a testimonial release. Fun fact, if you are gathering testimonials from clients and you're using them in advertising or marketing, you actually need their permission to do that that is their intellectual property that they're sharing with you. And so you using it in a commercial manner to show kind of those glowing words of praise, you do need them to give you permission to do that. So that's what that testimonial release does. It's got the client agreement. It's got a non-disclosure agreement. If you're going to be exploring collaborations or bringing somebody on as an independent contractor and potentially sharing some proprietary information along the way, you want to make sure that they're, you know, keeping that confidential and not sharing it with your competitors Right. You know, or, or running with it and creating a, a competing business, essentially, and an independent contractor agreement. And, you know, that's a whole other issue, independent contractors versus employees. But I do find that the customers that rely on the legal templates in the shop are not at the stage where they're interested in hiring employees yet. So they do tend to bring in contractors who have other clientele that are in the industry so the independent contract agreements kind of a backstop if that contractor doesn't have their own contract, which they really should fun fact, right. fun <laughs> they fun fact. really should have their own contract, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so, so it's kind of a, a way for small business owners in the online space to make sure that they have something in writing. Cause I'm a firm believer of every relationship in your business should have a written contract period end of story. Mm-hmm. And you get the peace of mind of knowing that it's drafted by an attorney. Mm-hmm. They're the templates, you know, that I base my contracts with my, my clients when I go in and do a much more deep dive customized type draft, but it's not just something that you pulled off of Google and you don't know if it's
0: going to yes. fly. <laughs> so. I, yes, it is so true. And I kind of backtrack a little bit. You were talking about the testimonial now, when I think some people may be thinking, oh, you know, an email that said it was okay to use, would you say, let's take it next level and get an actual like paper they signed? Like, what do you, what would you say about that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, bare bones, if they've sent you an email that says like, I agree, you can use my testimonial, like on your website or whatever, that's, that's still a written piece of Mm -hmm. evidence that you can use to show that they've given you permission, but as an attorney, I like to be as protective and comprehensive as possible. So making sure that they're agreeing that there's not going to be any compensation for that testimonial. Like you don't want to be using that on your website. And then a couple of months later, get an email from a or customer saying, well, you're using my words. And so you owe me, you know, whatever right. it is they ask for, right. That it's a testimonial. That's kind of a, their true accurate depiction of what happens. You know, you don't want them to turn around and make allegations that you you know, are fudging what they said. And nice. to that tune, it also gives you the permission to be able to tweak things. I mean, maybe somebody misspelled something or you want to truncate it or, you know, add it into another paragraph from something you want to have the flexibility to do that. And so it's just all these kind of nuances that I've seen from the attorney side of things where things go wrong, where I think it's better to ask for the broader permission up front before mm-hmm. you start sharing it. So bare bones. Yes. Get at least get their permission in an email. If that's all you can do, but my testimonial release right now, I think is $47 in the legal shops. So it's kind of one of those, just get the release and have your client sign. Right.
0: Really? <laughs> right. No, it's just, it's it's a no brainer. Really just grab it, use it, keep it filed. You're going to be gold. So what would be anything else that you're just kind of like, okay, you know, let's be aware of, of this, like some people might be listening and be thinking, okay, we have episode on contracts, but like, it is so important. And I feel like you, you're bringing so many amazing points here. Is there just anything else that you just kind of feel like, let's just know this one thing. Yeah. I think
1: something that I've been seeing recently, pay attention to how you're signing your contracts. So having a written contract is great, but let's say you have a service provider that sends you a contract. That you review and you sign and you just don't even think about it, if you're signing that contract personally and not on behalf of your business, you're essentially saying that you're the one that's liable for the business. If you have gone through the process of setting up an LLC or incorporating, the purpose of that is to essentially create a separate entity that is liable, that protects you as an individual for the what the business is doing. So Mm -hmm. if you have an LLC or a corporation and you're signing personally, you've essentially just disregarded that limited liability protection that you worked so hard to set up. So make sure when you sign a contract, if it's for your business, you're signing on behalf of the business and not individually.
0: Okay. All right. Mind blown. So- So you're, so for I'm Danielle Hamlet, LLC. So would you just sign Danielle Hamlet, LLC, or would you add the on behalf of? So typically you would sign your name and then you would kind of say your
1: position in the business. So with an LLC, you're a member. If it's a multi-member LLC, then it would be like managing member or whatever, whatever position you hold on behalf of. And then your LLC name, if you're a corporation then you'd sign your name, you know, CEO, whatever position it is that you've established in your documents that you hold. And just making it very, very clear that it's the business that's liable for the contract. Same thing. Read the recitals at the top of the contract where it kind of says this person and this person are entering into this contract. You want to make sure it says the business name uh, and yeah. the business name, unless they're a sole prop, which in that case, you're, you know, you are your business. <laughs>
0: oh my but. goodness. This is so interesting. Yeah. So it's not just Danielle Hamlet; It'd be Danielle Hamlet LLC. That, that, that would be the business name. Okay. I feel like there's many people panicking thinking how many contracts have I signed wrong?
1: <laughs> and that's why I I've had a few of them come across my desk in the, in the past month. So that's why I'm like, Oh, okay. This is something that I have to speak about more frequently because yeah. people just sign. I think people get very intimidated by the legalese. And so there's two camps. There's either the people that freeze and just won't sign anything because they don't want to deal with it or the people that just sign and don't read. I'm obviously one of those nerds that likes to read through all the small print and everything. And I'm intrigued by some of the stuff that we're waiving and agreeing to in some of these contracts, <laughs> especially like with social media platforms. But yeah, you definitely don't want to be one of those people that just signs and doesn't.
0: Right. And it sounds interesting. <laughs> like we're not like you're not even just signing it. Like you could read it and you could sign it. But like how you sign it is important too, because It sounds like when that contract comes across your desk, you're just kind of like, all right, you're personally liable at this point. It's not just your business. And so your business can't protect you, the LLC Mm -hmm. that you set up. Okay. I I think that, yeah, we can just be done now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone take notes. Okay. So if someone wants to work with you, like what do you have going on this summer? So this is like a little summer episode. So what do you have going on right now? Yeah, so I'm really
1: excited. I'm actually having a Dot Your eyes and Cross Your T's summer sale. So between June 15th and August 15th, when you go to the legal shop at NicoleTriotan.com, automatically when you check out, you're going to get 20% off your purchase. So no coupon codes, nothing. You just add to cart and you'll see that discount applied I know a lot of people tend to kind of slow down during the summertime with vacations and things, and then they're like ready to go come August, September when the kids are back in school. And so the motivation for this is really just to make sure everybody's dotting their I's and crossing their T's this summer to make sure that when that kind of fall rush starts, they're set up for success, having those legal, legal contracts in place for themselves and their business.
0: Oh, that is perfect. Okay. So this is perfect timing. They could just go right in the show notes and then fill up the cart and it's just automatically going to be the reduced price. And I love the idea of just using the summertime to get like ready for the rush that is to come because fall, it feels like the new year. I know January is, but I just feel like fall is (laughs) and just a whole new season starts. So
1: especially if you have kids.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Especially. (laughs) So one question I just love to kind of wrap things up is what is inspiring you right now?
1: Yeah. So I, uh, a couple of weeks ago went to an event, a conference in Tampa, Florida, and I saw a speaker who had talked about moonology and I've kind of always been one of those people that loves to watch the sunset and rise and look at the stars and the moon. And it was kind of always something I enjoyed, but I sat through a talk about moonology and kind of, phases of the moons and how it plays with business and personal. And so I'm reading that book right now and I'm super, super intrigued. And so it's something that I'm going to be incorporating into my business and kind of following the seasons. So it's been an interesting interesting. kind of metaphysical type something to add to to the business. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. I could spend the summer just kind of like revamping how the 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 seasons of things, we actually talked about some of the recent episodes of how like I had this epiphany of, you know, summer is its own pace, falls its own pace, mm-hmm. and like let's let's try to like match <laughs> what goes on in your business at the time. So it kind of sounds like a similar thing, kind of to moonologies.
1: Yeah, I was we were learning about the new moon and like when the moon is hidden and you don't see it, and that, that's kind of the time to do a lot of the manifesting and the the thought work in your business. And I thought that was really interesting because I feel like as humans, like we do feel that energy shift and it's something that, you know, to be able to tie it to kind of those seasons, I think is, is really neat. So I'm interested to see kind of how it plays out the rest of the year. It's just something I thought fun and different to be able to add the kind of, I'm a big proponent of like bringing joy into your business and finding something that kind of makes you happy and makes you explore and makes you play and be curious. And I Mm -hmm. think that just makes you a better business owner and so much more well-rounded.
0: Yes, yes, me too. It's kind of like when you get to that point of like, okay, everything feels a little ho hum. It's time to like, something has to shift. (laughs) Exactly. So, where do you hang out online the most? Like, where could people connect with you?
1: Yeah. So, I'm Nicole Sri Odin Law on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I tend to be on Instagram more. Same thing for the online business, legal templates, and more on. Pretty much every social media site. And I tend to be on Instagram more, although I'm transitioning back to Facebook a lot more <laughs> recently. So,
0: yeah, it says I hear about Facebook is getting a little revived in like the connection mm-hmm. aspect of it. And I do find that I hang out on Instagram a little bit more, just naturally. I don't know what it is about it. And it's just, yeah, it's just kind of fun over there.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, and that was a platform that I started both businesses on when I ventured into social media. So it kind of, that's like my defaults. But yeah, I'm trying to kind of keep up with the time. So I've expanded into TikTok for the online business and that's been an adventure. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fun. That is fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. I am just excited for all the people that are going to be connecting with your template shop this summer and get a few things organized. If anyone's panicking, it's going to be okay. And just thank you. I think you've just given so much value today. So thank you. This was such a great conversation. Thanks for having me on. All right, you know what to do. Go down the show notes and book a coffee chat with Nicole so you can continue the conversation. And keep in mind that the link below in the show notes to purchase the contracts and legal documents that you need within Nicole's Template Shop is an affiliate link. So you are invited to use that as you wish. And I hope that we all just, I don't know, sign contracts with a ton of more confidence, right? We're all going to know how to sign contracts Correctly. I really hope I wasn't the only person that was surprised by the little details and how to properly sign a contract. And if you're with me on this one, I would love to hear about it on my Instagram. So if you go to Discover Call Podcast on Instagram, you will find me and let's just hang out there for a little bit. Don't forget to leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That really helps this podcast get to new people and just, I don't know, tells the algorithm that people like the podcast. So if you do, that'd be great. Just know, I appreciate you. And I will see you next week at another Discovery Call.